0: You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, Session 17. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where positivity and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey with the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha. I am your host, Iya Omileti Olubuni. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. I am Iya Omileti. Thank you for hanging out with me and spending some of your time to discuss fun spiritual topics. So grab a cup of coffee or put on your sunglasses while you drive or pop in your earbuds and let's chat. Today's episode is being brought to you by our own Orisha Wisdoms or Reaffirmations. You want to know what it is? Want to connect with your Ori? Go to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash Ori1. That's O R I 1. Today's topic is suggested by a very special person in my life, my godmother in these traditions. It took a while to find the right title, but when I thought of it, I laughed and I couldn't help but using it here. Remember the song from Janet Jackson, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Oh my goodness, this is showing my age. Well, the title is fitting because today's discussion is all about coming into these traditions like a sponge. I want to learn, show me how to do this, how can I do this in my life, how can I connect, and how do I pray, and teach me, tell me, and very little, how can I serve, how can I help, yikes, I know, so with that, let's get started. I remember when I was, I think, 19 or 20, or around, or in between those ages, and I got really serious about these traditions, like really, really serious. I showed up anywhere with my notebook in my bag. Usually I had a backpack. I was young. I always had to have a book bag with me. And I would try to get my questions asked to any priest who would be willing to lend me an ear. The babalao that I was referred to early in my life used to look at me when I was in the middle of rapid fire asking question sessions and he would just smile. He was an older gentleman, but now that I'm an older mama bear, I recognize it. It's a look like, oi ve, you young people, when will you learn to have some patience? And I'm sure other thoughts Behind it, as well, I found out of a public bimbe a uh, drumming that is open to the public, in case you don't know what that means, because I was not initiated i Those are basically the only events that I could show up to. I would show up early and I would stay as late as I could. I would come in dressed in white. Try to be respectful. And if I felt an opening somewhere from anyone that I thought was a priest, I would try to strike a conversation, to learn something, anything. I would talk and ask more questions to get answers about what was going on with me, how I could connect, what was going on with my warriors, and basically to learn anything that I could pick up, I would say thank you, and I would move on. Now, here is where our friend Janet comes in. What have you done for me lately? What have you done to give back to all of those who you are seeking to give you their time? their knowledge, their experiences, the things that they have learned in life in these traditions. Well, my response back then was nothing. I felt in my heart of hearts that they should and that they needed to tell me because it is something spiritual. There should be no price to it. My self-entitlement was up in the clouds and the attitude set me up for much of the delays that I experienced. And it's true. It's like this. If you want to be a dentist, then, of course, what are you going to do? You're going to start hanging around with a dentist, hoping to pick up what they know and pick that dentist's brain along the way. You're hoping for that dentist to... Just give it to you, right? To just help you because, you know, you're up and coming young dentist, right? And you know that who you know will be a key to your success. You'll learn some of the hiccups that this dentist had and you will not fall for them, right? So let's think about this for a moment. This dentist went to school, spent hours saying no to his or her partner, spouse, wife, girlfriend, whatever, saying no to parties so that he could have good grades. This dentist then went on to networking events with other dentists and orthodontics. He would spend his free time reading reports, watching recorded films of his teachers in his field specialty of periodontal disease or whatever, purchased additional books beyond what was expected of him in college and in training, and books that were suggested as well. He went to bed early, or he lost a lot of sleep getting ready for a new project with a new technique with his lab partners for the next, I don't know, midterm exam he did his internship with a dentist from hell who treated him like he was invisible, then did all of the small work to just pass his grades so that when he was finished, he would be able to apply for a certain job in a certain practice. But didn't make it in the first four times that he applied. So he buckled down, read more books, attended more specialized seminars, and attended all the conferences that his budget would allow. I mean, that dude slept in his car for some of the conferences because he couldn't afford a hotel room. But he got something that helped him along the way on each event. Finally. He made it to a good, good practice, which he stayed working as not the primary dentist, but just another dentist. And he honed in on his skills. And then, let's say, I don't know, after seven years, he thought that he could start his practice, which almost brought him to bankruptcy twice. And the last Obel's bankruptcy came when his second baby was on the way. And here you come. You want to be chummy chummy with him so that you can have a practice for the stars in two years. What are you giving that dentist for his time to coach you? What are you giving for that dentist time to guide you, to counsel you? no surprise on why this dentist is blowing you off or why he doesn't just have quote unquote time for you because he paid his dues. He paid for his school. He paid for his books, his conferences, his seminars, the gas in his car while he was sleeping in the car, his determination not to slice his wrist from his supervisors from hell And for the booze that he drank when the other dentists were making fun of him when he didn't get a technique right, you know, those days that he was being watched for his practice. And for the life therapist that he had to pay for just to keep it together some of the other days. And for the life coach that he had to scrounge money for so that he could try to level up to finally leave his job to start his own practice. So the question is, what are you bringing to the table to make his time worthwhile? Now, with that example, let's come back to the topic at hand. We're speaking about the Orisha traditions. So let's say you're new and you find a priest and you're holding for dear life, trying to speak with him. Any chance you get. Just hoping for that piece of gold that will get you closer to initiation or your warriors or a godparent or something. And that is beautiful. But what have you done to give back to that priest? Did you bring him or her anything of value? Now, people have been pretty annoyed over the topic of money for years. If you are one of them, don't worry. You're not alone. I used to be one of them. Yep. I would have extensive philosophical, theoretical, angry, contained conversations about this. And I expressed my deepest anger, and disappointment. I couldn't understand when I was 20 years old the why everything was costing money here. I would hear the older priests talk about paying their dues, paying their dues, and paying their dues, and I was clueless to that. I thought that paying your dues meant the work that you had to learn and put into action of whatever was taught to you. Like, I don't know, you pray this way, you do this this way, or you sprinkle the water and then you do it. Like, I thought like that was the stuff that was paying your dues. I never took into account that what they meant was beyond their own spiritual work. I know someone who would go to his godfather's house when he was young, hours before a ceremony, to help to set up, and would stay afterwards to deset. And I know somebody who used to mow the lawn of his godmother. Granted, she was an older lady and she struggled to move, but she would teach him as a thank you. It was an exchange of energy. Get it? I mow, you teach, we're even, sort of. I understand also that what worked before may not be the same now. For example, a godchild can't move in with their godparent right now to learn for a few years, and that was perfect back then. That would be a perfect exchange. And for example, the perfect wealth exchange of 200 carry shells does not have the same value as $200 will have. Now, and we're just using this, or 200 pounds as an example. When we are expecting someone to freely give and give and give and teach me and show me and tell me, a good question to have in the forefront before even asking for any knowledgeable priest to share with you is, how can I serve instead? Or oh, what about this one? What can I bring you to the table to thank you for the knowledge that you have? Or what can I bring you of value? Because I know that you probably went through quite a bit to get that information that I am seeking. Having an attitude of service might be able to help anyone who is currently an alejo, that means brand new to our traditions, as well as the aborishas who are still new their followers but they're still fairly new and especially the aborishas who already have a godparent i sit and hear the elders talk about what they went through coming up in these traditions and think about it what they are about to teach can really shorten our learning curve in our learning Whether it be on behavioral, on protocols, and believe me, protocols are a very big thing in our traditions. Not knowing what to do can get you into a lot of trouble and definitely embarrassment. Learning how to do things because they fumbled before us is a big gift in itself. But this gift, as all others Should be appreciated and should be valued. And by appreciated, I'm not just saying, Oh, thank you, Baba. Thank you, Iya. And you go on your merry way to the next person who's going to try to tell you something. When a priest spends his time or her time with you, especially if you got one on the phone for a long period of time, just think about it. Let's say he for this you know, purpose. He's not with his wife and children. He's not working at the moment. He's not creating anything for himself or doing any of his own projects or even watching his favorite show. He's spending his time with you. Coming up from a place of service and gratitude in exchange for the knowledge that you're asking for is a good way to tell that person that you're seeking to learn from, that you really are grateful for their time, of what they have done for you and their knowledge and their time and to help you on your journey. I have learned from listening and their advice has saved me in more than one occasion. By listening to someone, I learned, for example, this is very true, Never. Ever to get up from a table when you are eating with priests before, like never, ever get up from there. I wasn't a priestess at the time, so I didn't know that I couldn't just excuse myself and get up. I mean, how would I know that on a regular Bundane world. You just say, you know, excuse me, I'm done. Um, thank you so much. And you leave. So I found this out because that person did that mistake and boy, did they let her have it. She learned from her own pain and I learned from hers as well. What did I give her for it? Nothing. And that will stay with me. That my behavior back then was pretty selfish No one said to me, yes, these are spiritual things, but they hold great value and you should bring something back to that priest for their time with you or for the advice that they gave you or for taking an interest in speaking with you. Honestly, um, very honestly, I took those things for granted back then. I now understand why there was reluctance for them to give information. And now I understand how, why it was so hard to get information back then. Because my attitude was, gimme, 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 now, 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 instead of, how can I serve? What can I do for you? In this episode, I'd like to plant this seed because anything that I could do to help your journeys to be more meaningful and enjoyable will be fantastic, not just for you, but for the ones coming up in our traditions. Let's approach everything in these traditions with the mindset of, how can I serve? What can I give back? Believe me, when you approach your experiences this way, you will get much more out of it. People will be more willing to give you much more. And it's 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 going to be so different because it's not going to be pulling teeth. And you know how it is that you can tell when people are like, yeah, I know what you want to know, but I don't know if I want to tell you. So that's going to put you in a totally different spot. So when it comes to the discussion of, for example, in our group recently, the topic of money was, wow, it was a very heavy topic. And people are, they were divided. There were some folks who were saying, why should I pay money uh, for to get information? I mean, this should just be given at least on the most part. And then there were people, well, you should pay money for these things because this is something that is for you. And the arguments just and the discussions went on and on. And I think we also need to take a look at how they are serving us. So these elders are sharing with us, what are you giving to them for it? Exchange of energy is important. And I also know that the exchange of money is important because like I said before, 200 curry shells don't have the same meaning as 200 pounds will or $200 in, you know, or 200 of whatever your country's currency is. I think the whole point of, exchange believe me i know exactly where you are and where you have been when it comes to the desire to learn i get it i truly do and if there's anything that i can do to make your journey smoother is this advice always come from a place of service and gratitude and you will just get so much more. Your journey will be just so much easier than mine was. I remember how priests would look at me like, why should I tell you? Do you know what I went through? And I, I get it now. I get it. And I really do wish that would have been more in my mind at that time. But I can't turn back the hands of time. I can, however, help you so that you don't have to go through that. I think that coming from a point of view of, I don't deserve, but I'll be grateful. And this is what I will do for you, for what you are giving to me. Just that by itself is so much more different of, you know, just, going from one place to the other grabbing something and then grabbing something from the next and grabbing something from the next priests we see it and i think that's why people are more exclusive to teaching just to their godchildren or in their egbe or their close people so i hope that this brings you a lot of value today so that you can have a great great experience So, that you don't have to have delays in your journey. That I think is gonna be such a huge difference in your spiritual life. So, remember, let's approach everything in these traditions with the mindset of how can I serve? How can I help? How can I give back? How do I show you my appreciation? And oh my goodness, you will totally start seeing a shift in how information and things will flow to you. It'll be a perfect exchange. So I hope that helps. We have reached the end of this episode in the Arisha Wisdom Podcast, and I'd like to thank you for spending your time with me. What are your thoughts on this podcast episode? Have you experienced something like this before? And don't worry if you have or what you have not experienced. I came clean too on this one. So remember, this used to be me. There is no judgment here, really. I would love to hear your thoughts hop on over to our Facebook community called the Orisha Wisdom Community. Don't worry, all the details will be left in the show notes at www.orishawisdom.com, session 17. Of course, you know, you can leave a comment here. Remember to also get your or reaffirmations at orishawisdom.com forward slash ori1, O-R-I-1, I want you to bring to your life the power of Ashe, which is the power of the word. And really, that Yoruba knowledge can totally change your life. Before I go today, I would love to ask for a favor please hop on over to iTunes and leave me a review there. If you're driving, please don't do this. It can wait. But if you have a few minutes of your time, it will be so helpful to me to continue to provide this podcast for you. Just leave a review on iTunes and I cannot wait to hear from you. Until next time. May the elevated ancestors and all Orisha bless you immensely. Odabo! Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Ifa and Orisha is all around us. Be blessed, and until next time...